0: morning. All right. Today we are reading from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 to 21. The Ministry of Reconciliation. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord we try to persuade men what we are is plain to God and i hope it is also plain to your conscience we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart if you are out of your mind it is for your sake it is for the sake of god if We are in our right mind. It is for you for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for those who live. Sorry, for those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and raised again. So from now on, we on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we no, we, uh, no longer do so. Therefore, if anyone in, is in Christ, he is a, a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was so that in him we might become the righteousness of God.
1: Uh, good morning, everyone. It's good to know that um, it's good news when um, when you're nervous, when you're up front here. Um, may we all stand for prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for for bringing us together. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the, the good weather that we have. Uh, there's a bit of a rain in the forecast, but rain is good. Thank you, Lord, again. Um, and, Lord, as we, we speak of your word, may, we open, may you open, Lord, our hearts and our mind. May all our hindrances be off the way. And may these words, Lord, challenge us. Whether it's an interpretation of offense to us or or an encouragement to us. But the right word is really challenge, to challenge us. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. At work, we always uh, seem to find... Um, like troubles or issues, we use those words. Um, I try to avoid those words because it's really, there will be issues any time, every time in our lives, especially at work. But really the word is challenge. There's no problem that cannot be solved. Today we're going to talk about reconciliation, the ministry of. It's kind of a heavy word for some people, but it's really not if you look at it. In a very humble and childlike way. Uh, reconciliation is basically trying to mend up things. As defined in one of the dictionaries that I found in Google, uh, reconciliation is basically the act of getting two things to be compatible with one another. It has to match um, in the god's sense of reconciliation, it's a very heavy word and act and task. I know we've read the, the scripture uh, second corinthians five uh, five eleven to twenty one and just to summarize on eleven to seventeen, especially on seventeen wherein it says If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. But then I would like to focus as well on 18 to 21, which gives us the message of our ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation, this is actually Pastor Brent's reference book, and uh, it really helped me guide. Uh, This book is... Commentary about 2 Corinthians by uh, Simon J. Kistenmaker. Says here reconciliation takes place when two parties, strange from each other, are brought back into a harmonious relationship through the efforts of a mediator. For us, that mediator is Jesus Christ, God's Son. We readily admit that estrangement from God was our fault, for our sins grieved Him, and our animosity toward Him aroused His anger. Now, Notice that all the things that God has done for us, He did not abandon us. Instead, He took the initiative to restore the relationship. Initiative. It's quite hard when you are offended and then you want to reconcile, and the command is to reconcile and you will initiate. It's not easy. 2 Corinthians 5.18-21, the most important fundamental concept to the gospel of Christ is that of reconciliation. Many of us may have had relationships that have faced difficulties, and after a while we too have experienced reconciliation. This is a great event in one's life or a couple's life, or friends, or families. There is one form of reconciliation that is more important than any other. We're not speaking about our personal relationship, but really personal relationship with God. Sin, as we know, is the cause of our need for reconciliation. Isaiah 59.1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Even the first sin in the garden... Before the foundation of the world, God made a heavy a way, a really way of reconciliation. Ephesians 1 4 says, According as He had chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Our text shows us that God. In his abundant love, provided a bridge for us to be reconciled to him. Now, we want to see that, a bridge. When, when we were singing, there's a lot of, you know, the words bridge in a song. Uh, to go across different islands, you need a bridge. Bridge is very useful. Um... Sometimes when a guy wants to court a girl he needs a bridge someone who can pass the message because of shyness that he cannot express his feelings right and he want, you get a friend say can you please give this letter to her that's the bridge bridge very important ministry of reconciliation let, let us look at this. The ministry of reconciliation confirmed in verse 18 says, And all things are of God who ha- reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had given uh, to us the ministry of reconciliation. First and foremost, 11 to 21, it's broken down into this three categories if you look at 11 to 15 shows Christ's love 16 to 19 Christ's ministry and then 20 to 21 is the ambassadorship of us 18 to 21 the confirmation in verse 18 As we read, all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Through the ministry of reconciliation, God designed a way for sin to be pardoned and for us to have a personal relationship with him. Man's sin caused the separation between he and God. But God was the one, again the word initiated, he was the initiator for a possibility of rest, uh, restoration of that relationship. Sinful man does not seek God. But God seeks sinful man. I want to repeat that. Sinful man does not seek God. For him, it does not, he doesn't need God. But God seeks uh, seeks uh, sinful Man. Isaiah 64 6 and 7 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and in our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away, and there is none that calleth upon thy A sinful man seeking a holy God is the equivalent of a criminal seeking a policeman. Then I repeat that. A sinful man seeking a holy God is an equivalent to a criminal seeking a policeman. Did you find one like that? Do you know one who's a criminal and seeking a policeman? I want to surrender. This is what I've done. Very seldom... There is, there are for sure, but very seldom. In verse 18, Paul affirms the ministry of reconciliation. Paul experienced this reconciliation in Damascus Road. The reconciliation that is spoken of of, is a product of God's grace. Without reconciliation, we would still be lost in our sins. We would still be in the despicable Wretched sinners that we once were. But look to verse 17 and see what happens in reconciliation. We read it. Verse 17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's what happened when you take that bridge. That's what happened when you... You, you accept that bridge. You become a new creator, a creation. Question is, have we ever been changed by the power of Jesus Christ? Are we different than we once were? If not, then we are lost and need to be reconciled. Some believe that they are going to live good enough to get to heaven. No, not nowhere. Not what you find in the Bible. If you just you know, if, if somebody would find that, tell me. But nowhere in the Bible you will find that man reconciles himself to God. In every case, God reconciles man to Him. He initiates. Before the world was formed, God cared enough about us to send His only begotten Son to be a sacrifice in order to reconcile us to Him. Please, do not let this go by. In verse 18 also, Paul affirms there a possibility of reconciliation. As we look to verse 19, he will define the details of reconciliation. That definition, the source of reconciliation, verse 19, is to wit what God was that was in Christ. We cannot reconcile ourselves, right, to God. Who is the only way? Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 says, But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Memory verse. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Verse 10. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. In order for us to be reconciled, there was a price that, would, that we could not pay. That is why Jesus came to give himself a ransom. We cannot get to the Father without entering into his kingdom, and, only, and the only way to see the kingdom through he- of heaven is through Jesus Christ. John 3 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What is the scope of reconciliation? In verse 19, part B says, reconciling the world unto himself. That is the scope. It's huge. Notice that the reach of reconciliation and this verse says he reconciled the world unto himself. Does this mean that the whole world is or will be saved? No. But it does show that there is no limit to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know and we see that around us that sometimes when we speak about Christ, they just say, huh, no way, I don't believe that. And sometimes bad, really bad, insulting words when you mention the word Jesus Christ. But as the purpose of this reconciliation It's for everybody to reach out. It's just there. It's just a matter for us to open our hearts and our mind and to accept it. The sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary is sufficient enough to cover the sins of the world. But many refuse to take the simple steps to receive this particular salvation. Why? Because of pride. Because of stubbornness. Because of, I don't need God attitude. I don't need anybody. Salvation is basically the point of reconciliation. In verse 19 again, uh, the last portion. Not inputting their trespasses unto them. For those who will surrender to Christ... The price has been paid. When you get your bills from the bank, and surprisingly it's zero, and somebody paid for it, what do you do? You celebrate, right? <laughs> Um, reconciliation is actually a word for accountants too. They need to reconcile. They need to match things up. And if they don't match up, it's a pain. Reconciliation is really a word to match up. And we need to match up with, with God. Since we are sinners, we, can ma- we cannot match that. And the only way is to accept Christ. And that will be a match. But he paid for everything. The price has been paid and the consequences of their sins are accounted for and covered in the blood. Through his amazing grace and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, God will not hold the believers faults against them. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are not separated from God. Rather, we have... Access to God. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through Him, we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. To be like a family. Uh, You don't need um, customs clearance. You don't need a passport. Well, maybe you need still a passport, but you will get by. When you are a believer in Christ, you become one family. You have the full access to God Himself. Now, the question is, with all this knowledge that we have, How many of us have told other people about the blood of Jesus Christ? For them, if we are already reconciled because we believe in Christ, there's a lot of people who who does not have that yet. And we need to share that for them to be reconciled. For the believer, it is a requirement that we share the ministry of reconciliation with others, right? Our third and final portion of the scripture says, Paul begins by sharing the possibility of being reconciled, then goes in depth describing the process. And now he takes it to another level and states this, the ministry into our hands. It does not stop. When we are reconciled with God... It does not stop there. We are asked to pass that. And in any relationship, whether you want to reconcile somebody who's not believer in Christ, so that they will be reconciled with God, but also within the family of believers. If we see... Uh, groups being divided, or people, friendship or whatnot being divided. It is also our responsibility to do the ministry of reconciliation. It's actually being asked to all of us. We have our own ministries for sure. Ministry to sing, ministry to usher, ministry to just even listen. But the ministry of reconciliation is being called to all of us. I have an illustration here about on reconciliation says reconciliation hand in hand. A little girl whose parents had had a miserable marriage and were divorced, having nothing in common, save their affection for the child. One day as the girl was playing in the street, she was knocked down by a bus and seriously injured. Taken to the hospital, she was examined by the doctors, but was found to be beyond human aid. Hastily summoned to the hospital, her parents heard the sad news and stood silently, one on the other side and of the other, one on the other bed, bedside. Looking down helplessly at the little girl. As they stood there, the child's eyes suddenly opened, and seeing her parents, she tried to smile. Then, drawing one arm from under the sheet, she held it out in the direction of the father. Says, "Uh, Daddy, she said, give me your hand. Turning to her mother, she, she also stretched out her hand, arm, Mommy, she said, give me your hand. Then, with a final effort of her fast-ebbing strength, she drew them close together. This is the picture of what Christ did on the cross. The Savior took the hand of a sinful, hateful humanity and placed it in the loving hand of God. Jesus re- reconciled us to God. He broke down the barrier. He restored the, bro- the the broken fellowship caused by sin, or turning our backs on God. Just as in this little girl's dying to bring her parents together, Jesus was dying to bring God and us together. But we have to make the effort to keep the relationship going. That's what it says. We have to have the effort to keep it going. Christ did his responsibility or his, his obedience, I should say, to God when he was asked to die on the cross for our sins. That's done. Now it is our responsibility to apply the ministry of reconciliation. As a result of our reconciliation, God has called us to share the message of restored relationship to others. He could have chosen any method he wanted for delivering the good news of Jesus. He did not burden us with his duty. He blessed us with this opportunity. Now, in verse 20, this is quite interesting. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech we by us, We pray, we in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. We are ambassadors. Do you believe that? If we believe that, what does an ambassador do? What is in front of the house of an ambassador? If somebody can help me out. It's a flag representing the country, of his country. And it's amazing. So when I see a a flag in front of the house of the Philippine flag, I said, wow, he represents the Philippines in Canada and therefore his dignity must be really that great. He was sent forth. Maybe it's time for us to put a Christian flag in our homes, and be an ambassador to Christ. Ambassador. Literally, it means that we are representatives of Christ. Um, we think that being an ambassador is like, wow, it's a good title, right? Ambassador. So nice to. I was appointed ambassador in our at work because there will be a big redesign of our office spaces. It's the new technology of a portion of working from home. And then they design the office to, let's say, if you're 10 in your team, they will only build eight desks. Two will be optioned to work from home once a week or whatnot. So that's the new design, the new concept of right now offices. I think it's going to go to all the offices. It's good for some people, but it's not good for some. And since I am the ambassador, per se, one, I get all the nasty emails, (laughs) complaints. I'll be losing my desk. I'll be doing this. I thought it was easy. Being an ambassador is not. You're even just a messenger. You don't decide. You just get the info and pass it along and then we have a meeting and we decide. But it's not easy. Carrying the name of our Lord Jesus Christ is a big task. If we profess to be Christian, people are watching our every move. Every action and reaction in our lives are either pointing people to Jesus, or turning them away from them. So being ambassador, we have to be careful. We represent Christ. But it doesn't mean we're not going to make a mistake. I think this is where the misunderstanding comes from. We are ambassadors because of the grace of God. We are not ambassadors because we are righteous after believing in Christ. We have to explain that as well. Question here is Have we brought shame upon the name of Jesus Christ? Like, really? You know? Not by accident or whatnot? Are we a fitting ambassador for Christ? There are many under the banner of Christian who do more damage for the cause of Christ than good. It's quite hurting. I believe in like in my heart that whenever we do something wrong or we represent Christ the wrong way, whether as an individual or as a church or as a group, that Christ looks at us and then he cries. He becomes saddened because he's hurting, right? True reconciliation brings a change. Again, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. We are completely new crea- uh, creatures. We are examples of a life that has been reconciled to the Father. When people watch our lives, they should want to have what we have. The hard question is, we must ask, do they? The motivation. Verse 20. Be ye reconciled to God. Please. We must. We have been been blessed by the grace of God. We have been saved from our sins and given eternal life. Because of the ministry of reconciliation, our sins, trespasses are not imputed unto us. This opportunity abides for all who will surrender to Christ. Our motivation must be to point the lost to His saving grace. Verse 21, For He had made Him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus is the heart of this ministry. The message is simple. Christ alone Can save us from our sins. We cannot reconcile anyone to God, but we can and must point them to the one who can. We must make it clear to the lost world that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. A story is told of two brothers. I... I kind of read this in one of, um, you know, one of the messages when I was trying to get inputs about this study. Story of, a, of two brothers. They lived in an adjoining farms. But they had a, a, like a quarrel, really a fight between two brothers. Uh, I, I hear that a lot in, in my house. I have, you know, we have three brothers. They, it's amazing. It's music to my ears at times. So they had a... a, a, Even my daughter, I think, is involved with this fight. So anyway, that's fine. But they lived on adjoining farms, these two brothers. But they had a deep quarrel. They had often shared their resources, but that practice stopped. And there was nothing left but bitterness. One morning, uh, John was the name of one of the, uh, the brothers, answered a knock at his door. It was a carpenter. Uh, The carpenter asked if there was any work to do. John said that there was something he could do. He took the carpenter to where the two properties met and showed him how the other brother had taken a bulldozer and created a creek where the meadow used to be. That's how bitter they are, right? (laughs) Creating a creek in between your two houses. Amazing. John said, I know he did this to make me angry. I want uh, to, to, please help me to get even. Okay. He was asking the carpenter, help me to get even to my brother by building a big fence. Certainly... You know, okay, so the guy, the carpenter says, okay, I won't have to see him so that I won't have to see him and, or his property ever again. So the carpenter worked hard all day. When he reported back to John, John noticed that there was no fence. No fence. The carpenter has um, used his skill, instead built a bridge over the creek instead of a fence. John's brother saw the bridge and was quite moved that his brother would do such a thing. The two brothers met in the middle and embraced. They saw the carpenter packing his tools and asked him to stay for a while and do more work. So they were, you know, happy about it. The carpenter said, I'm sorry, but I have to do other bridges I have to build more bridges. How important is reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation? If God initiated it, if God was pleading or appealing in verse 20, and Christ is imploring, then it must be very important. Certainly, the eternal destiny of one's soul depends upon whether he or she has been reconciled to God. Therefore, it is very important. Is it possible? A big yes. Because God took the first initiative. If He did it, how come we can't? It, with His help, we can. It's not, you know, I'm saying, you know, you know, you know what, you're, you're saying this, it's easy, it looks easy. No, it's not easy. To be reconciled with, let's say, your enemy, it's not going to be easy. But with God's initiative and help through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is going to be. It will take time as well. I'm, I've gone through that, and I'm going through that. It happens. Is it possible? Another yes. It is possible through Christ, in particular by his death on the cross for our sins. To conclude, to the Christian, are we leaving as a true ambassador to Christ? I'm just going to leave you all these questions. Are we doing our part to share the ministry of reconciliation to the unbelievers? Do we understand that we cannot see the kingdom of God unless we are reconciled to the Father? Let's all stand. Dear Heavenly Father, we give Thee thanks and praise. Thank You, Lord God, for this ministry that You have shared with us. Thank You, Lord God, that actually You have initiated this ministry because we are so proud of ourselves that We don't want to accept the fact that we fail. And we are a failure. Thank you Lord God for. For the strength. And the Holy Spirit Lord. To give us the strength. If we want to fulfill. And we want to. Have this ministry in our lives to be fulfilled. This is a call to all of us, not to certain individuals, not only to pastors or, or leaders. No, each and every one of us is responsible for this ministry. Especially if we already are rec- uh, reconciled with, with you. To our Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray for those Lord. Who are not still reconciled with you. May they be. May they realize. What they are missing. May they be. May they soften their hearts. And their mind. To. Being reconciled with, with you is so much better and actually the best experience that we could have in our lives. Again, thank you. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week, um, in the coming weeks thereof, I would like to request for us to build bridges instead of walls and to apply the attitude of uh, having the minister, the message of reconciliation for benediction. Finally, brothers, this is in 2 Corinthians uh, 13. Aim for Perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Leave in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.